When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good morning, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to Take Two Healthcare, your guide to a better living on Ask the Experts Weekend. My name is Dr. Natalie Yaley, board-certified doctor of chiropractic, clinical thermography technician, and certified by the American Academy of Thermology for interpretation of thermography. You can reach us online at take2healthcare.com. That's with the number two. And we are here live every weekend from 11 to noon. So please tell your friends, tell your family to listen because we give lots of good advice on current health topics. Uh, This is a live show where you can call in and ask questions if you'd like and be a part of the show. Uh, Our phone number at the clinic is 937-433-3241. So if you like what you hear and... You'd like to be a, a part of what we do and what we provide, or just have questions, please give us a call. Our phone number at the clinic again is 937 433 3241. Again, our website is take2healthcare.com. That's with the number two. And um, we are located at 5777 Far Hills Avenue here in Dayton, in between Centerville and Oakwood. And um, we provide not only chiropractic services, because we are all doctors of chiropractic, but we also offer thermography, acupuncture, PEMF therapy, and then, of course, comprehensive blood testing and nutritional services. Uh, that is somewhat of our niche if you've never visited us and uh, mainly what people come to us for, because what we provide is something that you cannot get anywhere else. And I have a case study to actually share with you first. Um, I'm going to go over a patient that has come to us after she had been diagnosed with COVID-19 and is not recovering from it. We're going to go over that case. And then later on, we are going to go over some top health questions that um, have been surveyed in the year 2022. So these are the top health questions for this year. Uh, Again, my name is Dr. Natalie Yaley, and we are here live every weekend from 11 to noon. If you miss any of the shows or you would like to listen to them again or share them with your friends or family or you know someone that would benefit from something we talked about, uh, you can find these podcasts on our website at take2healthcare.com, or you can also find them on the website at WHIO as well. Uh, So again, these are recorded for you, so you can go back and listen to us all day long. All right. So just to start the show with, I want to go over uh, with you. It's not a real case study yet, but it's a patient that came to me this week and she was diagnosed with COVID-19 over Christmas this past year. So in December of 2022. And one week later, she developed these these chest pains and she always had a little bit of anxiety, but the the dealing with the anxiety was no more. Like it, it's now anxiety that she really can't handle. In fact, she she quit her job that she used to do as a florist um, and, and even cleaning. Uh, she's got four kids, so that that causes some anxiety as well. But it's just different after she she had COVID nineteen. So she's got these chest pains, possible reflux, uh, and there's just some symptoms that are getting worse and worse and 
she actually ended up going to the hospital because she was feeling that bad with uh, she had elevated blood pressure and they did an array of tests for her. Um, Obviously, when she came in, they did a COVID-19 rapid test, but then they ended up doing an echo test, a stress test, an EKG and an X-ray. They did some blood tests. Now, all the physical tests that she did, such as the echo and the stress test, those all came back good. Uh, But the X-ray that she did showed a mass on her lung. All right. She she has never had a chest X-ray before, so she doesn't know if that was there or how long ago it was there, or if it just, you know, something that just showed up. But she said it was rather large, and the report read that it was a mass. Uh, So they do want to follow up with that in three to six months to see if that mass is growing. Well, guess what? This is causing her more anxiety, right? It would for anybody. All right. Now, the blood tests that they did included a lipid panel to check her cholesterol, hemoglobin A1C to check diabetic status, They did a metabolic panel, but when you get a metabolic panel done by a medical doctor, um, it only consists of about 15 to 20 markers um, versus our comprehensive metabolic panel consists of 56. Okay. Um, They also did a CBC, but when we pulled up her results, her CBC was only partial, but they ordered the full panel. So I'm not sure if they didn't. Um, that they didn't list all the results for her, but she was missing. They tested her white blood cells, but she was missing the differentiated white blood cells, such as lymphocytes, monocytes, eosinophils, basophils, etc. They did a BNP, which stands for B-type natriuretic peptide. This is one of the best markers in the blood to test how hard your heart is having to pump in order to circulate blood. So her value came back at 99 They told her it was within range. The cutoff for this is 100. In my opinion, it needs to be treated. Uh, When I pulled it up, I was like, wow, this is, yeah, it's borderline, but technically they can't treat it because it's not outside the clinical reference range of 100. So her heart is under stress, but the actual physical test came back normal. Uh, They also did a test called D-dimer. Now, the D-dimer test is known more now since COVID-19 came around because it's a predictor of the severity of this infection of COVID-19. The increased D-dimer is associated with blood clot complications, but it's also a direct consequence of acute lung injury seen in COVID-19 pneumonia. All right. There was a research study that out of 129 patients, 15% of the patients that recovered from COVID-19 had persistent D-dimer elevation and was observed for three months followed COVID-19. And these patients actually experienced a more severe COVID. And it's actually known that 62% of patients still present CT scan abnormalities in one month following COVID-19 and that 39% of patients suffer from long covid which means that these symptoms have lasted over four weeks after getting the infection. Now, her D-dimer came back within range. Um, There are different ways that you can treat an elevated D-dimer, but if you've had COVID-19 and you have not 
recovered, so say that you have just some rare, not rare symptoms, but just symptoms that you didn't have before getting the infection. And with long COVID, it has been defined that there are over 200 symptoms associated with that. Now, these could be hair loss or hair thinning. It could be anxiety. It could be chest pains. It could be weight gain, weight loss, fatigue, fibromyalgia. I mean, you name it. There are more patients coming to doctor with an array of symptoms, and doctors don't know how to treat it exactly. So the way that they're treating this patient, she went in on zero medications. I think I input like six or seven medications she left the hospital with, and she left the hospital with no diagnosis except for possible reflux. Um, There's something else going on here, and what we did is we're testing her. We're testing her advanced comprehensive panel. We're testing her hormones just because she has, like, all these crazy hormonal symptoms. We're retesting the BNP. I didn't retest the D-dimer. Now, to test the D-dimer... With us, it runs, I think, a little under $300. It's an easy test to do, but I'm telling you right now, you can't test that number alone. Yes, you can get on a a lab website and order it yourself, but I would, unless you have a physician's help in interpreting these, I would not test that value alone because there are other tests to consider that can indicate cardiovascular disease, can also indicate inflammation. And these tests uh, that I would consider to order would be C-reactive protein. Uh, It's an inflammatory marker. I would also recommend a a lipid panel just to check your VLDL and LDL cholesterols, which are the bad cholesterols. Um, I would also check a full CBC for infection because if this D-dimer comes back elevated, it could possibly indicate pneumonia. You're going to need to see a CBC. You're going to need a chest X-ray. So you see how all these tests combined really paint the picture for you. But it doesn't help with when patients go to the hospital. I'm not sure what her bill is going to be for all this, but then leave with no answers. Her answer was, yeah, you have possible GERD. Um, we'll do an endoscopy, and then we'll we'll redo, redo your chest X-ray in three to six months. And they left it like very blank like that. You know, she's she's anxious as it is, but they they told it to her like, oh, this is routine. But it's not routine. This is new. Like COVID-19 just happened two years ago. And I don't even know if we're fully recovered from it. In fact, I don't think we'll ever be recovered from it, Uh, not just from an infection standpoint, but from a financial standpoint. And doctors don't know how to treat long COVID because there's too many symptoms. So what are they doing? They're treating her to basically prevent a heart attack. Blood thinners, uh, blood pressure medication, cholesterol medication. Her cholesterol was fine. Her cholesterol was in normal range. But they're they're just going to treat it anyways because they're not sure what else to do. And uh, don't get me wrong, they're, they're trying to prevent things to happen. They're doing what they've been taught to do. But, you know, if there wasn't something that showed up in the blood test, what's causing all of these these chest palpitations, the chest pain, getting out of breath, just walking up the stairs. Now, if, let's see, sometimes a blood clot is not present when the D-dimer is high, okay? So don't freak out if it does come back high if you test it. 
Um, this is a shortcoming of the test because it does cause unnecessary alarm, but lots of tests can do that. Um, but for example, pregnancy, liver disease, these can raise D-dimer tests as well without the presence of a blood clot. So if your D-dimer comes back a little bit elevated, I would recommend to retest it in about a month or so. And in the meantime, take some natural blood thinning medications, or not medications, I'm sorry, supplements. Now, if you're on a blood thinner medication, you have to consult with your physician uh, because if you take a blood thinning supplement, it can actually increase, you know, what your medication does and you don't want your blood to be too thin. The clotting properties of the blood is necessary in some standpoints. Like when you cut your finger, you don't want it to keep bleeding, right? So the blood clot mechanisms are there for a purpose. But some natural blood thinners to consider are curcumin, vitamin C, vitamin E, garlic, fish oil. There's lots of blood thinning medication, or I keep saying medication, lots of blood thinning supplements. Sorry, I need to slow down. Sometimes I get really excited when I'm on the air. I have so much to share with you. I just can't wait. Um, But what I'm trying to get at is this patient needs more than just targeted testing for the heart. They saw something on her lung. What caused it? We don't know. And and I did tell her, you know, with the anxiety, you know, she, she's got four kids. They're all getting married in one year. Uh, she's taking care of her father. She's got a lot of stressors in her life. I can't help her with that. But what I can do is I can help her body get healthy enough to where she's able to handle the anxiety. Is the anxiety causing the chest pains? Is it is it something mental? Is it possible her possibly her body's not detoxing heavy metals that she's being exposed to they they did the targeted testing and i believe me i appreciate they did all this because now i don't have to worry about ordering an echo or stress test or any of that but the mass on the lung concerns me and what also concerns me is the amount of medication she's put on um i don't want her on those for the rest of her life because she went into the hospital with nothing And we want to keep her that way. Now, since I didn't put her on the medications, I cannot take her off of the medication. So I will disclose that. But we're going to do some investigative testing and see what's going on. And, you know, if you're experiencing symptoms just like this patient or even worse, please give us a call because there's not an exact treatment out there for long COVID. And there's a lot to consider. So you need comprehensive testing. Okay, don't turn away. We have to cut to a short break. You are listening to Dr. Natalie Ailey. This is Take Two Healthcare, your guide to a better living on Ask the Experts Weekend. It's our Ask the Expert Weekend on the Miami Valley radio station with breaking news, weather and traffic. 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. It's an Ask the Expert weekend on Dayton and Springfield's 24-hour news, weather, and traffic station, 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. Welcome back, everybody. Thank you again for tuning in to Take Two Healthcare, your guide to a better living on this Ask the Experts weekend. For some reason, I have trouble saying that. But this is Dr. Natalie Yaley. Again, I appreciate you tuning in. We are here live every weekend from 11 to noon. And um, if you missed the show, these are recorded. You can go to our website at take2healthcare.com to listen to them. And earlier in the show, when we opened up, I was talking about a case study. A patient came to me this week with extreme anxiety that led her to the hospital. They did an array of tests, and she left with no diagnosis and a boatload of medications. 
basically is is what it is in summary. And anxiety is a practically a way of life these days. I mean, we all get anxious about different things. We all have different stressors. And I really think it depends on where you're at in your life. And um, there's lots of things that contribute to anxiety. Um, in fact, too many to name, right? Um, but who would have thought that people in their 50s are actually more anxious when it comes when it comes down to their health. In fact, there's a study that showed, it surveyed over 900 Americans, and it came to a conclusion that anxiety has been particularly brutal for those who are 70 or older, yet people 50 to 60 are the most freaked out about their well-being. And they label this as anticipatory anxiety, which they define as that's when people come increasingly aware that they are aging. And it's not good for your health. I mean, anxiety obviously can cause cardiovascular complications, palpitations. It can even affect your memory, brain fog. Um, and like I was saying before, sometimes there are stressors in your life that you can't you can't remove, right? If you're taking care of an elderly parent or sibling or someone that's sick, it's it's stressful for you because you care about them, right? That's almost a good thing. But we need to learn how to handle these stressors so it doesn't affect your own health. Because if you're not healthy, how are you going to be able to take care of the ones you love over time? And there's a lot of parents out there that put priority over their children and other people that that they look after where they just kind of put themselves at the end of that list. And that's not a good thing because like I said, if you're not healthy enough to take care of the ones you love and the ones you want to be around, then then you're no good. (laughs) No, you're you're great, but you gotta sometimes put yourself first and sometimes it just takes you being proactive, get tested properly, eat healthy, take proper nutrients. Um, It sounds easier than it is, but if you need help, we're more than happy to help you. Um, Later on in the show or after the break, we are going to go over some top health questions uh, that I came across. It's an article in AARP, um, nothing fancy, but I thought it would be fun to discuss, you know, what people are going into their doctors these days and asking about. So we're going to go over these top ones, okay? Don't tune away. We'll be right back. This is Take Two Healthcare, your guide to a better living. WHIO 95.7 FM, AM 1290, News Talk Radio. Don't tune away. It's our Ask the Expert weekend on the Miami Valley Radio Station with breaking news, weather, and traffic. 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. It's our Ask the Expert weekend on the Miami Valley Radio Station with breaking news, weather, and traffic. 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. Welcome back, everybody. Thanks again for tuning in. This is Dr. Natalie Yaley. I am here for the rest of this hour. Lucky you. If you missed the beginning of the show or want to hear any of the shows, these are recorded on and put on our website and also WHIO's website. We are here every weekend from 11 to noon. So, you know, please tell your friends and family to listen to the show because this is a great platform if you want to hear a little bit more about current health topics, how to be healthier, and, you know, what what is health these days? You know, is it the way that we perceive how we feel, or is it that we have a clear EKG or no x-ray findings or, you know, and, and sometimes we don't know until we look into it. And 
I shared with you before the break that I want to go over some of the top health questions that patients are asking these do- their doctors these days. And number one was, well, I'm in my 50s, but honestly, I still feel young. At what age should I get serious about my health? All right. Right now would be a good time, <laughs> right? Um, there's a, in the article, there's a study that they quote as a phenomenon known as future time perspective. The more time we perceive we have, the more we're able to ignore the fact that we're overweight, may have elevated inflammation levels and don't know it, or don't even know what our basic health numbers look like. Now, when we say basic health numbers, what does that mean? I always tell my patient it's great to get a baseline of all your numbers. And what that means is if you have a family history of cancer or just are concerned about your future of cancer, there are baseline numbers you can run. Uh, There are certain tumor markers for specific cancers you can test in the blood. These are not genetic markers, but they'll come back as a number or a value. The closer to zero, the better. So for males, there's some of you are familiar with the prostate, the PSA tumor marker. There's ones in there for breast and ovarian, leukemia, lymphoma, Uh, pancreatic cancer, liver cancer, stomach cancer, these numbers would be a good baseline for you to know where you're at. Other baseline or basic labs that you want to know would be obviously your cholesterol level, your diabetic status, liver enzymes, kidney markers, vitamin D status. All of these need to be tested. I mean, if you're 30 or over and haven't had those tested or don't know what they look like and say in the past two years, You need to get them checked out. So when's the best time to get serious about your health? Right now. Because you never know. Life is short and you want to live a long, healthy life. Um, Another one that I came across that I liked, I'm not going to go over all top 50 health questions, by the way. (laughs) Uh, But if you want to, like I said, this article was found on uh, AARP's website. And um, the next one is, what is the best diet? Is it keto, paleo, gluten-free? Um... You know, healthy food, rule number one, no fad diets. All right, what does diet mean? Diet just means it's what you consume, right? You talk about the diet of a bird, the diet of a dog, the diet of a cat, the diet of a horse. It's what they eat. It's not what they're restricting of what they eat, right? So if you need help knowing where to start, Obviously, we would be more than happy to help you. But if I were to pick one healthy diet to try to live 80% of, it would be the Mediterranean diet. I have talked a lot about the Mediterranean diet on on this broadcast, and I've talked about how it um, reduces your likelihood of getting dementia and maybe even reverse Alzheimer's findings. It helps people lose weight uh, and maintain weight reverse diabetes. Uh, The Mediterranean diet is high in healthy fats, such as olive oil, fish, nuts, um, little red meat, eggs are promoted, and most of the diet uh, is based around vegetables. So it's basically, you know, vegetables with every meal. Uh, The morning is the hardest. So if you can do an omelet or drink a green drink, that would be good. Um, Or if you can't get them in the morning, just take a multivitamin, multimineral. Um, but then try to get the extra veggies in throughout the day. The more colorful your diet, the better. Um, so if I were to pick the best diet, I'd say Mediterranean. But I really think 
that the best thing for most people to do is not to count calories and just focus on the quality of the food. Um, the less sugar, the better. And we'll get into more about why. But obviously, sugar leads to inflammation, diabetes, dementia, Alzheimer's. And it can increase um, severity of arthritic pain. There's so many things that sugar's not good for. It's just not even worth consuming in the diet. And when we say sugars, we're not just referring to desserts and uh, candy and whatnot. It's also referring to carbohydrates. So all the good stuff, pasta, rice, cereal, breads. Um, but if you have to have a carbohydrate or if it's a part of what your family eats, look for a good quality. Look for a whole grain bread instead of white bread. Um, a sweet potato instead of a white potato. And just watch your portion size. So there's really no particular diet that we use in our clinic unless the patient is diabetic. Then we go over the type of sugars that they can have and what they have to limit. But, um, yeah, so I don't think any diet is sustainable long term. A fad diet, that is. Okay, here's another question. Skipping breakfast is the new diet trend. Fasting, right? We've all heard about this fasting. Is it good for me? No, it's not. Um, it, there was a research study that said breakfast eaters who ate more than 25 grams of fiber a day had a 21% lower risk of all causes of death. Another study showed that for every day of the week you skip breakfast, your risk of diabetes grows. All right, I understand in the morning you can be very busy. Uh, it can be hard to think about what you can grab and go. Uh, but there are some decent granola bar type uh, packaged things that you can get. Um, you got to learn to read labels. If you're looking for convenience of prepackaged, I don't want to say prepackaged, but, you know, grab and go items, you have to learn how to read labels. Um, you have to watch the sugars, artificial colors, artificial dyes. Um, in our office, we sell Betty Lou bars. Betty Lou bars are like um, like these protein nut balls that you can eat and they have almond butter cashew butter they have vegan ones they have nut free ones those are good um obviously eggs are my favorite thing in the morning for a patient to eat lots of protein lots of b vitamins um and, my, and i'm okay with a little bit of oatmeal with some peanut butter or whatnot but even if you don't have a sit down and eat a whole big family breakfast just something to get that metabolism going would be beneficial for you um, do here's another question. Do I really need all these prescription meds? All right. We see a lot of people come in with a lot of medications. Like I said, we can't take you off of those, but if we can get you healthy enough to where you can reduce them or no longer need them, that's the goal. One in five adults ages 40 and up take at least five prescriptions. And the risk comes here when you have multiple doctors all writing prescriptions with no reliable communication between them. And that happens all the time. So cross check your prescription medication list with all of your doctors. That would be no recommendation number one. But number two, what are you taking these meds for? Is this something that, you know, if you really get a hold of some lifestyle changes, you can perhaps get off of some of these? And that would be there's a lot of side effects to different medications. And the problem with taking a cocktail, if you will, is one medication can maybe have a side effect that the other medication is trying to prevent. So talk to your doctor, come to us, do what you need to do, but the less medications, the better. Um, 
Here's another question. Okay, more healthy foods, a good doc. Okay, sorry, I'm going to start over. More healthy foods, a good doctor, and watch the pills. What are other lifestyle changes I can make that will help me the most? You know what the answer is? Go for a walk. Um, people ages 54 to 65 found that binge watching TV for four or more hours a day make you 35% more likely to develop blood clots. Um, going for a walk is great. You got to get the heart rate up though. So if you do interval type of walking, that would be great. Meaning walk for two minutes, then walk as fast as you can for three minutes, slow it down for two minutes, fast as you can for three minutes. Um, if you can throw some resistance training with some weights in there, that would be great. Now, if you're severely arthritic or you're an elderly patient with balance problems, I don't want you going outside and walking miles and miles and miles. Um, pool therapy is great. There's no weight on the joints, less pressure on the joints, and you can get that heart rate up. Um, here's another question. What can I do about the stress in my life? We talked about this earlier. Sometimes we can't take away those stressors. But always remember that if you can, you know, remove the stressor or learn how to react with it in a healthier way, the, the, the better your health will be. And learning how to react with it or to it in a healthier way is going to be different for everybody. I would say the number one vitamin to take to deal with stress, anxiety, depression is vitamin D. If you test your vitamin D and it's under 40, I would recommend taking 10,000 units daily for the next two months and then back down to 5,000 units. Um, I do this all the time for my patients. It's very important to test and retest, um, but we see their vitamin D levels double, if not more, in just two months. And then obviously you back down uh, because you don't want it too high, but it's a quick and inexpensive fix and it's easy to test. And I usually see good feedback from my patients within two weeks once they start up on that. Um, obviously, there's other vitamins and supplements and minerals that you can take to not help reduce stress, but be able to possibly handle it better. I would recommend fish oil, maybe even like a chlorella supplement for detoxing. It just depends on what shows up in the testing that we do. Because, you know, if you have high lead and aluminum levels, your body isn't detoxing the way that it should be. Therefore, it's going to put stress on, on your cortisol levels because your body's not going to be able to regulate those naturally. So you got to fix the root cause if you can, right? Um, here's another question. I had COVID last winter and I still feel off. Is this long COVID? Data suggests more than half of COVID survivors wind up with post-acute COVID-19 syndrome. And then a lot of patients end up with long COVID. Like I said earlier, there's no real treatment for long COVID or, you know, still feeling off, quote unquote. But you got to test and see what's going on. What can we improve from a metabolic level? Here's another question. Does prediabetes mean you're definitely going to get diabetes? Now, there's no guarantee, but here's my number one question I would ask the patient back. Is your doctor telling you that you have prediabetes? If your hemoglobin A1C is at six, consider yourself prediabetic. Make some lifestyle changes. You can dramatically reverse type 2 diabetes in just weeks after cutting out 
foods higher in their glycemic index or sugar content. Um, we do it all the time. It's It just takes a lot of work for the patient, and it's a lifestyle commitment. All right, we got some more uh, common questions to go over when we, when we get back. Hopefully these are helping you. Um, you're listening to Dr. Natalie Yaley. Uh, this is Take Two Healthcare, your guide to a better living on an Ask the Experts weekend. We'll be right back. Don't tune away. It's an Ask the Expert weekend on Dayton and Springfield's 24-hour news, weather, and traffic station, 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. It's our Ask the Expert weekend on the Miami Valley radio station with breaking news, weather, and traffic, 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. Welcome back, everybody. Thanks again for tuning in to Take Two Healthcare, your guide to a better living on this Ask the Experts weekend. This is Dr. Natalie Yaley, and I am happy to be here with you guys. This is a new year. Um, we're going to start the new year right if you had that New Year's resolution and you kind of fell off the wagon. It's not too late. It's only February. Don't think too much about it. Okay. Uh, we're going over some top questions that patients are asking their doctors and this is an AARP uh, article. You can find it online. Um, but I have a couple more that I wanted to go over with you. And the next one is, how much should I worry about my cancer in in my 50s? And the answer is the medium age for cancer diagnosis is 66, meaning half of all cases occur in those who are younger. All right. These are especially important to pay attention to cervical cancer where the median diagnosis is at the age of 50, and breast cancer, the median age of diagnosis is 63. In men, 40% of prostate cancers hit before the age of 65. Now, if you find these early, you can treat them most of the time. And the what we do at our clinic is we test uh, female and male cancer profiles along with a comprehensive panel as well. Um, even hormones sometimes, because some hormones um, accelerate certain cancers, such as testosterone can feed prostate cancers, estrogen can feed breast cancers. So there's lots of things that you can test for earlier. And like I said before, get those baseline numbers. When you have those baseline numbers, you're able to retest then later on and see if anything's changing. And the last question, I guess I have one more minute to go over with you. What is the number one thing I can do to help prevent dementia or protect my brain? And it says get to bed early before 10 p.m. because you'll get more slow wave sleep. And the slow wave sleep supercharges brain health, clearing away toxins and other buildup. There are some dietary guidelines we use to help prevent de dementia and improve brain health as well. These are include vitamin D, fish oil, chlorella, and just some other natural supplements to take as well. All right, everybody, thanks again for tuning in. You have been listening to Dr. Natalie Yaley. This is Take Two Healthcare, your guide to a better living. Again, we are here every weekend, every Saturday, sorry, from 11 to noon. Please tell your family and friends. We just love this platform and are able to share so much with you. And I always say, you know, if if you take away one thing today that you didn't know before you heard the show, then I've done my job. And whether it takes two days, two weeks, two months, two years, you can start today to make those changes. All right. Have a great weekend. We'll see you next week here. 
This is Take Two Healthcare, your guide to a better living on 95.7 FM, AM 1290 News Talk Radio. It's an Ask the Expert weekend on Dayton and Springfield's 24-hour news, weather, and traffic station, 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.